0: You are now listening to The Way To Go Youth Podcast with Pastor Jerome Baker. This podcast is an outreach of a place to refuge church located in Carrollton, Georgia, where the pastor is Bishop Barry Walker. Our vision is to help youth and young adults to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's word. Now, let's receive Pastor Baker with today's message. You are listening to The Way To Go. When you consider the Bible, And you search and study the scripture. The Bible clearly speaks to young people. Clearly speaks to the issues and the needs of young people. And what I love about the Bible is that it's just not a history book the Bible and the promises that are in the Bible worked centuries ago when they were written, and they also work work now. The Bible is relevant. God's word is relevant, even to this generation. If you agree thus far, someone shout, I agree. Now, for today's lesson, as the Lord has directed me, there are two truths that young men and young women need to know, understand, and adhere to. I'm going to show you two truths that specifically speak to young people And it's good to know and understand it, but we need to apply it to our lives. Two truths about being young. Let's start in the book of Ecclesiastes. Keep in mind, the Apostle Peter is speaking to the younger people. Again, whether that be young in age or maturity when it comes to being in Christ. Two truths about being young. Ecclesiastes chapter 11 and verse 9. And notice whom is deemed the author of Ecclesiastes the preacher. Notice the wisdom that he says. Ecclesiastes 11 and 9. Rejoice O young man in your youth. Let your heart Cheer you in the days of your help me youth. Walk in the ways of your heart and in the sight of your of your eyes. But know that for all these God will bring you into judgment. The first truth I want you to understand about being young when you consider the Bible is that God desires you to enjoy being young. That's God's desire. He wants you to enjoy being young. You have a short period in your life that you can never return to. Even though you see some grown folk that are in their 40s, 50s, and older, they still holding on to being what? Young. You be like, you, you talking like the young folk talk. You dressing like young folk dressing. Here you are 60 years, 60 years old. And so when we consider this particular verse, it's clear. The preacher says, look, enjoy being young. And that's God's desire. Be happy in the days of your, of your youth, because it's only for a season. So enjoy it. Don't be in a hurry to get grown, because being grown come with grown folk issues. Being grown come with grown folk problems. So while you are young, enjoy it enjoy the days this text says of your of your youth yeah enjoy it one day that skin going to wrinkle so enjoy that beauty right now and you can be beautiful when you older but it's it's just something about being a young tenderoni enjoy it look at somebody saying enjoy being young yeah don't spend your years in your youth being stressed out or fast, trying to hurry up and be something that you're not. Y'all ever seen a fast young person? Y'all ever seen a young girl? You be like, mm, she fast. She trying to act like a grown woman, and she ain't nothing 14 years old. Now, this was a trip. You can have the body of a 14-year-old, but baby, you still, or you can have the body of a grown woman, But you still, help me, just 14 or you're young. Brother, enjoy being young, but don't get to feeling yourself. Don't get to thinking more highly of yourself than you ought to. But enjoy being young. How many are with me? But then he closes out the verse with a little warning. Say, look, why are you enjoying being young? You need to remember the choices that you make, God is going to bring them into judgment. Now, if you want to call having fun and enjoying life, clubbing, getting high, drinking, hoeing, if that's what you consider enjoying life, and you choose to do that, that's your your choice. But understand, you're going to reap what you have been sowing. Enjoy life, but understand, the wages of sin is still death. Just because you're young don't mean you can't die from your choices. Just because you're young doesn't mean you can't end up in jail for your choices. Just because you're young doesn't mean you can't end up pregnant, diseased, strung out, or in hell. So while you having fun and enjoying life, remember... God going to bring what you do into judgment. Now, the ultimate judgment happens when we die. Yeah. It's once appointed for a man to what? Die. And then after that, the what? The judgment. Once a person die, if they die in sin, that's it. Well, I went to church. It don't matter. If Jesus wasn't Lord and Savior of your life, if you didn't live according to the word, the Bible says that that person will lift their eyes in hell. The scripture is clear, young people. The soul or the life that sins will die. But, but God allows, it, allows us to experience his judgment here on earth. And you have to remember, if you choose to have what you call fun, which is sin, The Bible is clear. Your sin will find you out. So enjoy life. Have fun, but have some boundaries. How many understand? You need to be like, and I need to be like, and many of us need to continue to be like Daniel. Have purpose in our heart. Be to the point to where you say, look, it's just certain things I'm not going to do. It's certain places I'm not going to go. Because I'm going to tell you something. Temptation and curiosity have messed up a lot of young folk. You just wanting to try something can mess you up. Well, I just want to see. Well, you just seeing certain things can mess you mess. You need to think twice before you run up in somebody, because you can mess yourself up before you puff it, you need to think. Before you drink it, you need to think. Enjoy life, but remember, you are going to reap what you sow. Being saved has been the best decision I have ever made. Yeah, and and I'm not gonna tell you I haven't wanted to do certain things that I had no business doing. But I had to learn, as a Christian, I have to deny myself. How many are understanding? And so whenever those thoughts come to your mouth, man, I ain't having no fun. Yeah, you just, you, just, you having God's kind of fun just without the sin and the death. You can go certain places, do certain things, and not partake of sin. I've been to Las Vegas plenty of times and ain't hit the tables not one time. I done been to some of the best restaurants you could go to and, and they ask, you know we got happy hour today. You can get two for one today. And I, no, I don't drink. I told this one waiter this way, he said, you know we got happy hour, you want some? I said, no, I'm already happy. You can enjoy life without sin. Tell somebody you can enjoy life without sin. But what I love about God, if you do sin, you do get ensnared, and you're yet still alive, his hand is not too short that it cannot save. His ear is not too heavy that it can't hear your prayer. Because you may be here and you say, man, well, I've been enjoying life, but based upon what the preacher's saying, that's sin. But if you hear, you can change that. I said if you hear you can you can change that. How do I change it? Whosoever call on the name of Jesus shall or can be delivered. Ain't no weed too powerful that can keep God from saving you. Ain't no gambling too hard cannot keep God from saving you. I don't care how fine she is and how she put it on you. If you want to be saved, if you call on the name of Jesus, he will save you. He'll do it. Again, because whoever calls on the name of Jesus shall be saved. I got to take another quick poll. How many of ever called on the name of Jesus and he saved you? Matter of fact, how many not only called on, but you glad you called on? That's it. So enjoy life, but have boundaries. Y'all with me? Let's go to the book of Daniel. I'm not going to go over it, but this is a good reference. Well, I guess I need to go over it. I'm here. Daniel 1 and 4. Now, what was going on in the text, for those who are not familiar, there were a whole bunch of young people who were taken from Judah, kidnapped, taken captive by an evil king to a country called Babylon. Okay? And in those young men, we we have who we refer to as Daniel and the Hebrew boys. And notice verse number four. Young men in whom there was no blemish, Look at these young men. Good looking. Young men who were good looking. Let me pause right there. Young men who were what? Masculine, but look good. You can look good without looking feminine. Young men who look good. Gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge and quick to understand. They were clever, witty had the ability to serve in the king's palace, knew how to act, and whom they might teach the language and literature of the Chaldeans. These young men were teachable. What do I want us to see in this text when it comes to being young? As a young person, you need to be equipped for life. You need to enjoy life. But while you're young, you need to recognize God is going to put people in your life that's going to help equip you for life. Life, young people, has ups <laughs> and downs. Good times and adverse times. That's just, that's just life. Days you're going to have money, and days you may come up a little short. Life is full of tribulation, trials, especially from... A righteous standpoint but what God wants his young people to be is equipped and that's what we see in the text these young these young men had it going on they were in a foreign land but they still kept a productive relationship with God they knew how to carry themselves they knew how to dress they knew how to act they had the full package and see, that's what God wants for you. He wants you to be equipped to handle whatever comes your way in life. One way God equips young people, especially Christian young people, is he going to give them a pastor. He's going to give them a shepherd that's going to feed them with knowledge, help me out, and, and understanding. That's Jeremiah 3 and 15. See, we don't come to church just to see our friends, even though we do come to see our friends. We, we don't come solely for that. We come so God can give us what we need so we can handle crazy teachers, mean supervisors, tough days, lonely days, days where temptation is beating at the door. You need a word that's going to equip you so you can handle life. Because I'm going to tell you something. Your parents are not going to be able to handle all of your problems. Even if you got a boom, they're not going to be able to handle all your problems. And so you have to be equipped. And you have to be the type of individual to where you say, man, I'm getting what I need so I can be productive in every aspect of my life. Every aspect. This text talks about how these young men were equipped spiritually, mentally, and physically. Every aspect. See, you are a spirit, soul, and body. And you need to be equipped on how to deal with every aspect of your life. This world, young people, only deals with your feelings. Your senses. Well, I ain't feeling that. That's the world. It's sensual. But see, God not only wants you to know how to deal with what you feel or your emotions, but also your mindset, your consciousness when it comes to God, your money, your sexuality. God wants you equipped for every aspect of life. And the best place to get equipped for life, young people, is in God's house. And that's why I applaud many of you that I've been seeing for years and some that's been coming for the last several months. You coming up in here hungry. Don't you know if you keep coming hungry and thirsting for righteousness, God is going to keep on filling you. Your life just going to keep getting better and better and better. How many got that testimony? Since I've been in God's house, my life been getting Better and better. I slip. I mess up. I make mistakes. But overall, my life is getting better. And that's how God wants it to be. And you need to have the mindset. Even when you turn 18 and graduate, and if your parents give you the okay to leave the house, your mindset is still, I need to be in God's house. I need to be getting the word so I can deal with life. I can be equipped. Do you think these boys woke up one morning and knew that they was going to be taken captive? No. The Lord told his prophet, but it went down because Israel had sinned or the people of God had sinned. next thing you know, all these young folk just taken captive. God allowed it. You don't know what life will bring you. You don't know what life will bring you. And you know what I've learned? time will tell. That's that's a Pastor Baker saying, And I base it upon the scripture because the Bible say time and chance happen to all men. See, time gonna tell if you really soaking up all this truth that's coming forth on Sundays. When you finally get a job, when you finally make some money, when you finally go off to school, time gonna tell if you've been equipped And so we have to be ready. Look at somebody say, you got to be ready. Yeah. And that's why we come to God's house, and we thank God for him leading you to come to the MSW. Enjoy life, young people. But be equipped for life. How many are understanding thus far? And so in our main text, again, the apostle Peter is talking to the younger people. And he gives... Two truths that he equips them with that are very important. In 1 Peter 5 and 5. Two truths that he wants the younger people to adhere to. Notice our verse. Y'all stay with me. If you're with me, let me say I'm with you. All right. 1 Peter 5 and 5. Likewise, you younger people submit yourselves to your, help me, elders. Yes, all of you. Be submissive to one another. He uses the word submit in two ways twice in this verse. The first important trait that young people need to have is being respectful. Submit in the context of this verse has to do with showing respect. Remember, he's talking to godly young folk. I I want you to be respectful. And he gives two groups of people. Number one, your elders. Submit to your elders. I I want you to obey and treasure the advice of your elders, which has to do with just showing them respect. See, when your elders whether it be your aunt, your uncle, your father, your stepdaddy, when they give you advice that will help you, and you say, I hear you, but then you go off and do your own thing, that's disrespectful. They're giving you something that's trying to to help you. You got to treasure their advice. See, what happens, and we see it a whole lot, especially with social media in our day and time, young people treasure the advice of their peers more so than than their elders. It seems like most young people are locked in to what they say and what social media is pushing. But God set it up for young folk to respect the advice And the instruction from their elders. That's how God set it up. He he, he, he put older folk in your life that have experienced life to help you do better in life. But we saw it in scripture where oftentimes, and I've been there, sometimes we don't want to listen to our elders. And we want to listen to somebody we can seemingly, or we say, I relate to. But don't let the age fool you. See, I done been through what many of you are going or yet right now. And even though I got you by a few years, I I could be considered your your elder. And I would hope you would respect my advice more so than somebody that's on your level. How many are understanding? Yeah. Respect, submit, treasure what your elders say. Even though you may not like it. Even though it may seem like outdated advice is something in there that can help you. Especially when it lines up to God's word. How many got elders in your life? How old is grandmama nowadays? About what, 28? Thirty-five. I come from a town where grandmama was like seventy. <laughs> you know, take them teeth right out in front of you and tell you, I don't care about them. I'm about them. Live my life. <laughs> grandmama would drop some stuff on you, and she would drop some stuff on you that lined up with God's God's word. But elder also has to do with older and mature saints, and this is what I'm concerned about. Respect your elders. Tell somebody, respect your elders. Yeah. Yeah. When Minister George get up here and the Lord get to using him and you know his testimony. He get to talking about how God done blessed him and did that and did this and took care of him here and and opened the windows of heaven there. You, You need to respect that. You need to hear what he's saying and grab some truth from that and apply it to your life. Don't let it go in one ear and then go out the other ear and then when you leave God's house you hear these evil rappers and celebrities talking about they blessed. No, it's a difference between blessed of the Lord and blessed of God. And so God will give you elders to show you the right way. Listen to what Minister George and others are saying. Listen to your elders. Respect them and not what somebody in the world is saying respect. You got your elders, you got your pastor, you got ministers, you got other folk that's twice your age. You need to be soaking up that truth that they are putting or pouring out. Right. Don't just let it go in one ear and out the other, and then you just be totally overwhelmed and consumed by social media. Now, treasure is the truth and the wisdom that comes from the saints of God. How many are understanding? Because I'm telling you, I, I know, I've been there. You hear these rappers saying one thing, but then you come to church and you hear your elders saying something, something else. Now, whose report are you going to believe? How many are understanding? And so he wants them to. Submit to the elders or show respect to the elders. But then he flips it and says, look, submit to one another and be submissive. Show respect to one another. Well, you got to give respect in order to. No, no, no. Submit to one another and be submissive. Respect. Your sisters and your brothers. Respect. Show some respect. Show some help me. Respect. Now we're talking about in God's house. We should be respecting one another. Even when you have a disagreement or somebody did you wrong, still be respectful. be respectful. I got a quiet audience. But look at somebody say, be respectful. Yeah, be respectful. Disagree, but still be respectful. Don't call your sister in Christ a hoe. Don't do that. That's dis. I wish that hoe would. What? That's not respectful. Respect one another. Yeah, you know about her past, but that's her Her pet is up under the blood. She ain't a hoe no more. She your sister. look how y'all looking now. That's your sister. Show some respect. Be respectful towards one another. That's your brother. Be respectful. I'm going to tell you something about life before I go to this next point. Y'all still with me? Sometimes in life you will have the opportunity to do folk wrong. But this needs to be in you. You need to to be to the point where you say, I I can't do it. That's just disrespectful. I can't do it. I'll never forget, and I'm going to take y'all way back. And this was before Christ in Pastor Baker's life. Tell somebody this was BC. <laughs> oh yeah this was BC this was before Christ. I had a good friend back in the day we was we went to school together we went to college together we was we was tight and uh, he had a sister who was she was fine. She looked real good to me and I never forget when we got in college uh, she started letting me know that she kind of... She liked it at me. <laughs> yes, she did, and uh, I never forget this one. This before Christ and before First Lady Baker. This somebody said this before. <laughs> and um, throughout my college years at West Georgia, I had a room by myself. I did. I, I had my own room and do what I want to do. And I never forget this particular day. That um. My friend's sister came to my room, and uh, with that long hair, she just sat on the bed and just asked me, so what what you going to do? Oh, and uh, <laughs> I, just, I just looked at her. I ain't going to tell you no lie. I just looked at her, and I said, um, I can't do it. I can't do it. You are my best friend's sister. I said, that's just, I can't, that ain't right. I can't, I can't do it. And she kind of looked at me with the mind like, you sure? And I was like, I can't, I can't do it. And there's some things in life, young folk, you you just need to have that mindset. Man, I I can't, I can't disrespect this particular person like that. I can't do that. I can't talk about who I go to church with. I, I can't do it. Even though they made me upset, I may not feel them right now, but I just can't be disrespectful. I got to show respect. In the Old Testament, how many remember the Bible character David? And we remember David fought Goliath, right? Matter of it wasn't even no fight. He slaughtered Goliath. And so after David defeated Goliath, King Saul became jealous of David. So much so that he was chasing him throughout the country trying to kill him. David would come to his house to eat and one particular time Saul just took a javelin, the Bible said, and threw it toward David. And David the Bible says that it missed and hit the wall. Can you imagine that? Going over somebody's house and you just fellowship and eating. Next thing you know, they pull out something trying to kill you. And so this went on for a period of time. David was hiding in caves. Y'all still with me? Check this out. So one night when Saul was pursuing David, they found a camp down in a valley and they went. And stayed there. So what David did, he got his captain and some others. And they went down to the camp to scout it out to see what Saul was doing. They came into the very tent where Saul was sleeping at the time. I mean, he was calling them. David's captain looked at David and said, let me kill him. Let me drive this stake through his head. The Bible says, into the ground. Just give me the word. You're talking about a stepper. He was like, let me just do it. Let me kill him, David. But this is what David said that I want us to learn, young people. David said, I can't do it. This is the Lord's anointed. I can't do it. And and they just left the tent. See, even though Saul was doing David wrong, He respected his position. He respected the authority that God had placed in his life. Great lesson, young folk. Some people in life, you ain't going to like, you ain't going to like what they're doing. You may not agree with them, but you still give them respect. You may not like the rules that mama got, but that's her house. Respect her house. If she say don't do something in her house... Show some respect for the woman of God and don't do it. It's just going to be people and situations sometimes in life that's difficult to deal with. You may be in the right, you may be in the wrong, but still be respectful. How many understand? And this is a life trait. You need this in the church and what? Outside the church. In the church and outside the church. But the trait, the second trait that I really want to deal with is what he tells them in our verse as I come to a close. He tells the young people to not only submit to their elders and to one another or be respectful. He tells them to be clothed with humility. I want you to be a young woman and a young man that's clothed with help me humility that's what he tells me. i want you to be clothed from your head all the way down i want your fit to be right i want you clothed or covered with humility your entire being how you think how you talk and how you and how you act i want you to be humble And let us be mindful when a person is humble in one sense, they're choosing to think, talk, and behave according to God's word. And secondly, they're going to forsake their own personal desires for somebody else's. Yeah. Just be clothed with humility. I'm going to do what's right. Because that's what God requires. Woo, Jesus. You're going to be the wife that God wants you to be, even though your husband getting on your second, third, and fourth nerve. You're still going to be the woman that he has called you to be. You're going to be humble. I said you're going to be humble. I want you to be clothed with Humility. Hurting, but you still gonna give God the praise. Things ain't going the way you want it to go, but you still gonna give God the praise. You just gonna humble yourself and just still leap for some joy, turn for some victory, open up your mouth and say hallelujah. You just gonna humble. It's just gonna be humble. You need the money and and, and, and you got a bill, but you just gonna humble yourself. You still gonna bring God his tenth. And an offering. You, you ain't going to get at the Georgia Power. You, you ain't going to put that at Walmart. No, you're going to bring God his money. you just going to humble yourself. Lord, I can use this. But but I'm just going to humble myself and obey your, your word. Why do we need to be humble? And I'm going to deal with a little bit more in my clothes. Y'all ain't fell asleep, hey? Good. Why do we need to be humble? The verse says, because God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Number one, we need to be humble young people because God resists the proud. If you are not humble, if I am not humble, God will oppose us. You're blocking your own blessing. You're hindering the hand of God from moving in your own life. Things could be better. The devil ain't stopping it. It's, it's you. Because you won't humble yourself. There are some people right now, especially some young people, they know that their life is getting worse and worse, and they know it's because Jesus is not Lord of their life. God is resisting them. But I've heard testimonies and even in my own life, man, when I just humble myself, let the Lord have his way. Man, it just seemed like things began to work out for my good. You don't want God to oppose you. You don't want God to be against you. That's not for your benefit. You think God is for you and you playing with sin? No, he against that. I said he is uh, against, even though sin is pleasurable, we got to remember, God ain't pleased. He ain't pleased. I'm having fun. I'm feeling a little tipsy. But God ain't pleased with that. Humble yourself. Humble yourself. Another thing that happens when a person is proud is God allows your enemies to advance on you. Where he was protecting you, where he was rebuking the devourer for your sake. Now, when a person is proud, he lets your enemies consume you. I talked about it earlier, how the people of God have been taken captive by the Babylonians. Or the Chaldeans and taken to Babylon. Y'all remember I was talking about that? It happened because the people of God would humble themselves, so He had to let their enemies overtake them. Could you imagine God saying, "Look, I, I've been rebuking the police from your life. <laughs> I've been—you ain't been getting caught because I have hidden you from them. I've been merciful." But, but I done sent word, I done sent warning trying to tell you to get it together. Now I just got let to them, let, them, let them find you now. And so you wake up one day, hello, my name is Detective Smith, and I'm looking for such and such. Could you allow God allowing your enemies to get a hold to you? I believe it was David in the Bible. He said, Lord, if I got to choose between my enemies and you, I'd rather you get a hold to me. Because my enemies are tearing me up. I need a God at least have some mercy and grace on you. But your enemies, your haters that don't like you anyway, ain't gonna give you no break. Jesus told his own disciples, Satan desires to sift you. Your enemies want you, so it behooves us to just humble ourselves because I don't want my enemies to get the upper hand in my life. I don't want depression to take me out. I don't want poverty. Matter of fact, depression, poverty is not going to take me out because I don't made up in my mind. I'm just going to humble myself. I'm just going to humble myself. Well, he won't praise me and he got a healthy body. Let me allow something to happen. To where they can't praise me. Let, let me allow something to happen where well, they keep giving that artist more praise than they do me. Let me allow their enemies to get a hold to them and then let's see if they gonna give me the, the praise. If this be true, look at somebody and say, God resists the proud, but He gives grace woo, to the humble. Lord, give me some grace. You know what grace is? Grace is favor. Grace is God's mercy. Grace is when God shows you some kindness. And see, when we don't have it all together, but we just humble ourselves, God is willing to help us. Lord, I ain't got it all together. I I keep messing up. Will you help me? You know what he's going to give you? Some grace. He's going to help you. Matter of fact, he is helping you. That's how God is. If we just humble ourselves, he'll give us some grace. grace. Woo, Jesus, I need some grace. I need more grace. Look at somebody say, more grace. A couple of verses about grace, because this is what God wants us to have when we humble ourselves. Let's go to Ephesians 2 and 8. Let's look at what grace can do for an humble person. Lord, I need more of your grace. And I'm not the only one. Who in here needs some more grace? Yeah. Just humble yourself. Notice Ephesians 2 and 8. Look at what grace can do in your life. For by grace, you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. See, God will help a person that can't help themselves. That's grace. When you can't do it, you've been trying and coming up short. The Lord said, let me step on in here and let me give them something that's going to save them. Let me give her something that's going to deliver her. That's what grace is. It's a divine gift. That will deliver you, protect you, and prosper you. When we humble ourselves and just obey God, He's gonna send some deliverance. I know you've been trying to quit and you can't quit on your own, but I'm gonna give you something that's gonna help you to quit. I'm gonna give you some grace. I know you've been trying to stop cussing. I know you've been trying to stop smoking. I know you've been trying to stop drinking, and you can't do it on your own. I got a gift for you. I got some grace for you that's gonna deliver you from drinking that wine. I got some grace for you that's gonna deliver you from that mean attitude. I got some grace for you. Y'all act like y'all don't want this grace. It's a gift. It's a gift. Grace not only delivers, it protects. Protects us from ourself. How many know you mess yourself up? We ain't going to even talk about enemies. We just going to talk about our ourself. And sometimes God gives you grace to keep you from messing your, yourself up. But then grace is also when God sends some prosperity. Lord, I just, I, you know, I just need a hundred dollars. All I need is just a hundred. Can you show me some grace? Then He turn around, and just do exceedingly abundantly above what you ask or think, and He mess around and send you five hundred. He said, "Lord, thank you for your grace." Hallelujah! Thank you for your grace that happened to me God showed me some grace a couple of weeks ago I was expecting eighty six dollars from 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 a service that I provided but but the Lord touched this particular person and they sent me five hundred dollars boy I just got in my truck and I just began to just Lord I thank you for your grace all I needed all I needed was eighty six But the person gave me, you touched the person to give me five, five hundred. Man, I jumped on the phone. I said, what in the world is you doing? (laughs) I said, do you know how much money you sent me? And they just shared some encouraging words to me. And I just hung up the phone, just saying, Lord, thank you for doing something great in my life. Because this was a few days after the Lord told us something great is about to happen. I said, Lord, it's already happening. Got home, told my wife, I said, Lord done showed us some grace. Prosperity. So when God wants you to humble yourself and pray, give Stay away from certain folk or whatever it is. Just humble yourself and do it. Because it's a blessing in it. When you and I humble ourselves, tell somebody, it's a blessing in it. That's what grace do. It saves. Are y'all listening? Are y'all getting it? i never forget God showed me some grace when I was in school. One of my requirements to get my diploma from college, I had to pass Spanish class. Make it so bad, I had to take two Spanish classes, and I just barely passed the first one. Yeah, I did. Took the second one and failed it. And I said, Lord, I've been in school all these years, and uh, uh, I cannot graduate unless I pass this Spanish class. Man, I gave it my best. I did. Say habla espanol. I gave it my best, and I was still struggling. I'll never forget, I said, Lord, I'm praying, I'm studying, I'm going to see the professor. They act like they all want to help me. Y'all ever set up a time to go get some tutoring, and they don't even show up? I was going through, and I done paid these folk my money. And I said, Lord, I need your help. And I'll never forget, we had a test, and this is one of them tests that was major percentage of your grade. And, man, I went in there and took that test, and uh, I was having faith and trust in God, but I was like, Lord, I need some help. Took the test, and the professor said, look, next week, i have your grades. I said, all right, well, we trust in the Lord. Came back to the class the next week, and uh, Senorita came in there, and she sat down in front of the class, and this is what she said. She said, look, I don't know what happened. She said, but somebody broke into my office and stole all the test papers. So, everybody is getting an A. I said, Oh, thank you. <laughs> that happened to me. I said, Lord, is anything too hard for you? Helped a brother pass Spanish and got my degree. Y'all ought to be happy for Pastor Baker. <laughs> Woo, show me some grace in a classroom. Now, look, you take that testimony, but you still study. Okay, you don't go home and say, "Well, God, you gonna have no." You gotta <laughs> faith without works is what is dead. But it happened. He showed me some grace. Notice what else grace can do. And we 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 getting ready to wrap it up. Hebrews four and sixteen. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we might obtain help me mercy. Let's finish strong and find grace, grace to what. Help in the time of need. Grace helps. Grace will help you. Just like he helped me in my class. Whatever area you need help in your life, if you humble yourself, God will help you. Quit worrying about what they say and what they going to do. You can only control you. So you humble yourself. You humble yourself. I had a bill one time that was in collections. Do y'all know what collections is? This is when you didn't pay the bill. And I wanted to pay the bill. I just didn't have the money. And so it went to collections. It went to an attorney. And they were saying, Mr. Baker, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. We're going to garnish this. And I was like, look, I want to pay it. I just ain't got it. The woman said, let me review your case and see if I can help you. She reviewed my case and said, sir, these folks didn't do something right, and what they did to you was illegal. I'm going to fight for you. i never forget this woman told me on the phone. She said, I'm going to fight for you because they ain't right. I said, well, go ahead and fight for me because they ain't right. <laughs> she ended up fighting for me and got the debt canceled. God helped me, showed me some grace. I couldn't pay it on my on my own, but God stepped in and helped me. Boy, I thought somebody in here would get excited. God will help you. He'll help you. He'll help you. So grace saves. Grace helps. And last verse, 2 Corinthians 12 and 9, grace strengthens. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. When you and I humble ourselves, God will give us grace. And one thing grace does, it strengthens. Yeah. Final thought of the message. In life, young people, sometimes God does not change your situation. He won't move the trouble. But what he does often is give you the strength to go through it. He will give you the grace to endure what you're going through. Whether it be a sickness, whether it be something in a relationship or what have you, God will give you the strength that you need. You don't have to smoke no weed. You don't have to go drink no alcohol. You don't have to go and have and do certain things just to get your mind off your problems. God will give you the strength to endure. What you have to go through. Whether it be the death of a loved one, God will give you the strength to go through that. Because it happens to everyone and life keeps moving. Sometimes you may lose a job that you liked. Sometimes you may lose a car that you really enjoyed. But God will give you the strength to keep moving forward so you can experience a better car or a better job, or a turnaround. Look at somebody and say, God gives grace to the humble. I'm going to stop right there. Let's give God a hand clap for the text, the lesson, the topic. I wish y'all would really put those hands together. Grace is real.